Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters. I am thankful for you, and we are all thankful for the mighty God we serve and the faithfulness that he has demonstrated throughout the years. No matter what's happening in the culture, country, around the world, we know that he is sovereign, he is faithful, and he sets up kings, and he deposes kings, and he is sovereign over every leader. And uh, that includes presidents, senators, that includes law enforcement. They are ministers of God, according to Scripture, and they are there for our good to punish evildoers and protect. Um, But that's not what we're talking about right now. We've got a special guest hopefully we will get to in just a few minutes. But uh, before we open in prayer, I want to just shout out to some of the states that have been um, calling in, listening, supporting Q90FM and Stand Up For The Truth, uh, 33 states that we are aware of. And I uh, just want to thank you. Arizona, North Dakota, Missouri, Oklahoma, Vermont, South Carolina, Illinois, Alabama, Ohio, California. It, it, does, it keeps going. North Carolina, uh, Washington, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Montana, Texas, Virginia, Kansas, Florida, Michigan, Tennessee, Oregon, New Jersey, Connecticut, Iowa, Colorado, Georgia, Mississippi, Arkansas, Wisconsin, Washington, D.C., and Minnesota. If you happen to be listening online and your state was not mentioned, give us a holler. Check in with us. Let us know. But we just want to thank you guys. Um, we, the Internet provides this opportunity for us to broadcast outside of our immediate uh, radio uh, listening area, and we're just so thankful. And uh, by your prayers and your donations, you keep us going. So thank you. We are having a little dent, a little impact um, for the kingdom of God. We hope to continue to do that in Jesus' name. Um, Father, thank you for giving us another opportunity to uh, just come to your word, look at things from a biblical perspective, uh, what's happening in the world, and no matter what is going on, Lord, we trust you in all things. Uh, Your name is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. We have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And Father, help us not to conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We thank you, Lord, for providing us the spiritual armor that we need to put on every day. It's at the point where it is no longer optional. So help us be good soldiers of Christ and be faithful. And we know that you are always faithful, God. We appreciate uh, so much everything you've done for us, as much as we take things for granted. um, We love you. And thank you for this time and this day and this Thanksgiving season in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, before we get into a couple different articles we're going to talk about um, and maybe some top 10 uh, Bible prophecy stories, the short list for 2020, I came across an article from many months ago that I never had the chance to talk to you about, and it's by John Zmirak over at the stream. Um, And and this is when there were riots going on on the streets, and uh, whether they will continue or not, we don't know. But we have to trust God, don't we? Whether the riots are going to be happening, whether they're not, there were threats if uh, President Trump doesn't concede by this Sunday that there would be, they'd be closing down streets and Uh, shutting down traffic in conservative areas. This was a threat by Antifa a couple days ago. There's so much going on. Are they bluffing? Do they have the power to do this? We know that there are more of us than there are of them. When I say us, I mean average American citizens, uh, conservatives, Christians, Republicans, independents, just people who want to live their lives with the freedom and the faith that we have and and just want to go about our business in this free country. And and there are more of us, millions more. 
So how are they possibly, I'm, I'm just encouraging you not to fear. How are they possibly able to go to every city, every suburban area, and shut down uh, freeways and traffic? They are not. They don't have the manpower. But make no mistake, they are well-funded, well-organized by the left, by George Soros, by other billionaires, anti-Christian, godless, secularists, humanists, Democrats, and they are part of Antifa, some are part of Black Lives Matter, some are part of globalist movements that want to take down America. I'm curious to see what happens by mid to, uh, the end of January to see who's going to be our president for sure um, because we don't know. There's a big unknown there as far as the uh, uh, civil unrest. Will it continue? But this article by John Zmirak, it's called uh, The Democrat Program, Mayhem, Street Thugs, and Threats of Civil War. He says, when you're a rookie cop working desk duty at an urban police station, a woman stumbles through the door. She has a black eye, a split lip, and bruises around her throat. She manages to tell you that her husband just did this to her, and he has threatened to keep on doing it. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Should you ask her, well, ma'am, what did you do or say to bring this on? Of course not. Of course not. But John Zmirak brilliantly draws a parallel here between domestic abuse and whose fault is it that, that she gets beat up like this? And cities and businesses and people in our neighborhoods, in, especially in the bigger cities, that have been abused by Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Are we asking these business owners, what did you do to bring this on? They're angry at Trump. They hate Christians. They hate American, what we stand for, how we were founded. And they're taking this out. They, yes, they used the death of a black man by a police officer. In fact, they've used that many times in 2020. But they've used it to take it out of the rest of the country. Lay o roll over and play dead, in other words. That's what they're trying to say. So John Zmirak makes the point. It's, the Democrats are backing the riots, and not enough people, evidently, have asked the question, why? Why? To this day, from my understanding, and I, I'm pretty informed. I don't know all the news uh, clips out there, but I'm pretty informed that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris never did denounce the violence and the rioting. They call it, quote, protesting millions. It might be in the billions now. I don't know. Millions of dollars worth of damage done to her in our city streets. Why? Why don't they denounce it? What's so hard about that? We're talking about everyday American citizens. Some, in fact, in these cities, they are hurting minorities. Blacks and Hispanics and Asians who have small businesses. And here's Black Lives Matter, the global network, godless, anti-Christian communist movement that's hurting the very people you would think because of the name of the organization, BLM, Black Lives Matter, that they are out there to fight for, right? Something doesn't add up. I've got one uh, tweet here from this article. This goes over to... Kenosha now, when that riot was going on in Wisconsin, um, this store owner was in tears, practically, explaining how his family business of 40 years was destroyed by Black Lives Matter and Antifa arsonists. He said, quote, it's emotionally hurtful, but we didn't do anything to anybody. Why did we deserve this? Did you hear that? That's the question. Go back to that uh, domestic abuse victim that we asked about at the very beginning. In a police station, a woman walks in, battered and bruised, marks around her neck, black eye, split lip. And would, would a reasonable person look at her and say, what did you do to deserve that? So what did these small businesses, what did these community 
citizens, these owners of businesses and residents in these cities across the country in the streets where protests were the most violent, what did they do to deserve it? What did we as Americans, as the entire country, do to deserve it? And John Zmirak says, um, the victims of the riots are as innocent as any domestic violence victim. Using them as punching bags for outrage over police actions isn't the behavior of civilized human beings, but out-of-control animals. So what does this come down to? Worldview, right? Worldview. Antifa, for example, is a communist and anarchist movement that explicitly endorses violence to gain power, to reach whatever ends they're trying to get to. And part of that is to take down the Constitution and to have a different, quote, rule of law in America, communism, socialism. And we, we've talked about the education system in America before. One of the underlying problems is this young generation has not been educated. They, don't, they do not understand what communism is, what socialism is. They don't truly understand it here in America. Oh, they're free to send out their messages on their laptops and iPhones and everything else. And trust me, it wasn't covered in detail. The millions of lives murdered, killed, destroyed, eliminated by, over in, in Russia, in Europe, Hitler's Germany. They, they have not understood the root cause of that. First, it's a godless system, anything against Christ, Antichrist. But communism, socialism, these systems, Marxism, it pits one human against another. It's survival of the fittest. And that's what some of these dictators tried to do. They, the, the elites had the power. Um, last Wednesday, we heard uh, Stefan Broden here on a podcast say these power elites are taking posts and their places in America trying to enforce their will, which is not a godly worldview at all on the rest of America. But this article, I just thought, you know, we wanted to talk to uh, Sergeant Mike McGrew today. We're going to have to reschedule with him. I know I uh, mentioned the other day he was going to be on today. We're going to have to reschedule. But this was one of the articles that I came across that I never really talked about on the air. And I thought John Zmirak did a great job of making this parallel between domestic abuse victims who didn't deserve anything that they got and innocent citizens and business owners in some of our cities around the country that <laughs> understand now this is injustice, right? But under the guise of fighting for justice, they are punishing American citizens by these riots, and we, we know they're not peaceful protests anymore. Maybe they started out that way. Maybe. Some of them were. Some of them were peaceful protests. So I don't want to paint everybody with the same broad brush. But John Zmirak says they weren't protests, really. They were tantrums. Those rioters have no more right to burn somebody's business or car dealership over this than a man has the right to beat up a woman because his team lost the Super Bowl. Wow. <laughs> so I think Zmirak really drives this point home that it's not the fault of American citizens that, first of all, the numbers, we've got into these numbers before on the, the percentages of white police officers and you know shooting unarmed black men. It's such a minuscule fraction of minority that it cannot even, they can't even make the case fairly without exaggerating or, or making something of the facts that aren't there. Um, so we, we've talked about this before as far as numbers, percentages, black-on-black um, -black crime. That's very rarely talked about. Hello, Chicago, Detroit, Baltimore, Atlanta. <laughs> you know, they. if you don't know by now, they are not all for, you know, just Black Lives Matter. No. Um, then it's a problem. So anyway, this article, <clears throat> since it's from August or September, I'm, I don't need to put it in today's podcast post, but I thought, man, that parallel was phenomenal. And I think we understand now the goals of the left. Um, 
we're going to, in the next uh, segment, we're going to talk about some uh, Bible prophecy stories of 2020. Before we do that, though, uh, just so many of these articles are coming across my newsfeed now or my desk in an email, things I subscribe to about a Joe Biden presidency and administration. God forbid. I mean, there's still a chance. I mean, some of us are holding out hope that something's going to give here. And this just this nightmare actually uh, won't come true. But there are some shocking policies that we're hearing about. Um, Tony Perkins over at Family Research Council put out five things to brace for uh, under Biden administration. Um, wow, there, there's just so much. And that five evil things. You're, they ever been using the word evil, which I think you could do that. Remember we talked about, first of all, abortion. They want to codify Roe v. Wade, right? They want it to be a federal. States won't have the power anymore to protect babies in the womb. It'll be a federal decision because they want to do that through the courts. Um, but I remember Obama used executive orders. He said, I have a pen and a phone, don't I? And he wasn't held accountable by the media. Do you not think that would happen again under an even more radicalized administration? And I'm not saying Biden is a radical. He certainly isn't a moderate. But who's behind him pulling the strings? Oh, my goodness. He's got people that he's already talking about having in the cabinet that are like, Wow, 50 years ago, America would have run them out of the country on a rail. These people are radicals, extremists, environmentalists, socialists. Oh, my goodness. Here's another article. Um, Biden announces he will immediately move to give citizenship to millions of illegal aliens. You think I'm making this up? He announced it during an NBC News interview. I'm going to make a commitment in the first 100 days. I will send an immigration bill to the United States Senate with a pathway to citizenship for over 11 million undocumented people in America. What does undocumented mean again? Oh, that means they, they're not citizens. What else does it mean in many cases? Oh, they're illegal. What does that mean? Oh, it means we're a nation of laws and we have laws on the books and we have borders and we have certain laws about people coming to the country that they were not enforced. And these people, you know, many of them didn't care to uh, become citizens. So Biden's going to help them out and take care of that. Hey, this this could change America forever. Um, but one of the things we only have a minute and a half left, and and we've talked about the Equality Act. That is one of the things that I'm not most concerned about, but it's something that will affect Christians, churches, Nonprofits and our free speech, all it takes is one hate crimes law, hate crimes legislation. The Equality Act gives LGBT, especially transgenders, special rights, not equal rights. We are all for equal rights, equal under the law. God is just, and there's no partiality with God. And in Christ. So we know we, we do Christians fight for equality and equal rights, not the way the left is pushing it, not the way the LGBT uh, markets equality. It, it's a believe me, it's a con job, but they're asking for special rights. The Equality Act. Look it up. We've talked about it since for the last four years. Actually, they were talking about this before Trump was elected. Go look. Just Google uh, or DuckDuckGo, whatever you want to search. Google Nancy Pelosi. Um, Equality Act and you see what comes up and read about the Equality Act. <laughs> it is anything but equal. And when transgenders have special rights, not equal rights, special rights, your daughters will not be able to compete fairly in grade school and in junior high and high school sports because biological males, boys, young men will be competing against them. That's one of the things they want to do. Plus, remove parental consent, and anyone that goes into a teacher's office or principal's office or somewhere in the education system says, well, I think I'm, I might be a boy. I feel like I'm a boy or as young as eight or nine years old. Even Joe Biden said they should not be discriminated against. Tell whatever they are, whatever they decide, that's what gender they are. So this is the kind of moral relativism on steroids that might be coming down the path. But our concern here, even as a church or as a Christian ministry, how long will we be able to say what we need to say 
without being fined, without being discriminated against. We have a whole lot more to come on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Okay, just a little bit more about the Equality Act since I know we have a lot of newer listeners and uh, maybe I, I feel like it's pretty redundant because I even wrote about it in my book, Redefining Truth. And um, I just want to go back to some of the basic points. Uh, the Equality Act, H.R. 5 and S. 88, it's anything but equal if it passes. And all it takes is, I believe, um, a Senate majority and a, obviously a, a Biden presidency, a Democrat president, Number one, it would impose sexual ideology. It would compel speech. It would shut down charities. It would allow uh, biological males to defeat girls in sports. It would coerce medical professionals, lead to uh, more parents losing custody of their children, and enable sexual assault. These are not exaggerations. Um, So Joe Biden vows to sign the Equality Act into law should he be um, declared <laughs> president? Because as, as we know that he has not been elected and, and it hasn't been certified. The presidency has not been certified uh, as far as the Biden administration goes. That's the law. That's the Constitution, friends. I believe that certification is December 13, but don't quote me on that when uh, the uh, different states have to do that. So we've been talking about this for a while, but just, just to get to a couple of these points, Um, You might not remember this. The IRS targeted Christian and conservative groups during the Obama administration. He uh, used the Justice Department as a weapon, really as a battering ram against churches and nonprofits. There were nonprofit groups that were filing for their status that were already organized, had the money in, the fundraising, everything else. They were all set to go, and they, they filed with the IRS, and it was delayed. All of a sudden, this red tape came into play. Well, that was the Obama Justice Department. And and remember that came out? Was anybody held accountable? Huh? Nope. Uh, To refresh your memory, uh, Franklin Graham, who runs both the Samaritan's Purse uh, organization and Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, he said uh, at the time the IRS targeted both the nonprofit groups, both of them that he leads. And in a letter then to President Obama, he said, He doesn't believe the burdensome audits by the IRS were a coincidence, nor were they justifiable. And other groups. Tell me about these other groups that were uh, discriminated against. Sure. Do you remember the Tea Party? Right? Anything with Tea Party, conservative, or patriot in their names were delayed and not given nonprofit status. So... Okay, back to the education department now and sex discrimination, because this is all under, you know, Title IX, this directive, and uh, what they're wanting want to push with this Equality Act. Um, and you see, that I don't want to just get into all the ju- – I just want to give you a couple bullet points on this. Um, here's how Andrew Walker, he's a professor of ethics and public theology at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, described it. He said – this wonky, <laughs> he used the word wonky. He's a professor. <laughs> Bring back wonky. Uh, this policy suggestion is purportedly intended to generate greater transparency, but the effects and motive behind it are far more chilling. With the Department of Education bowing to the agenda of activists, a new page has been turned in the left's zero-sum assault on religious liberty. Waivers exist under Title IX that allow religious colleges to seek exemptions from some federal non-discrimination statutes. This isn't about allowing religious schools to discriminate against women or bar minorities from attendance. That type of discrimination is individual and prohibited. Rather, these waivers allow Christian colleges the ability to enforce long-held Christian moral expectations and standards about sex, marriage, gender, as a condition of admittance and attendance. So if the Equality Act comes in, if that passes, these things are wiped out. They're gone. So in other words, a Christian 
private school, a college, university, they would have to not only admit any kind of open, blatant, proud LGBT student, so they couldn't, in other words, they, they couldn't say, no, we, these are our standards, so you have to abide by these standards to come to this university or come to this private school. That's gone. Not only that, they would have to allow them into leadership positions. And that's what the church is concerned about. Can you imagine? You've got an associate pastor position open or someone on a church staff, some, a secretary or anything on the church staff. You've got to interview someone who openly identifies as LGBT, lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender, or you will be sued. And we know in the last decade or two, the activists are pretty good and pretty persistent when it comes to using these lawsuits to bring a case to the public eye. What's the next step? How does the media report on that? Oh, look at these Christians and churches discriminating against that uh, just, you know, LGBT person that just wants a job to provide for his or her family. That's the way they frame it. So because we have Christian standards and say to in order to work here or to attend this school or university, you have to abide by these standards. This is our mission. This is how we were founded. <laughs> That's going to be flipped. Right. So you can see some of the dangers here. And I don't. This might sound like it's like fear mongering. I'm I get nothing out of this. I'm just trying to tell you the different areas that uh, the Biden administration will immediately try to attack so that Christians will be the ones who are discriminated against. And our free speech will be you think it's censored now on big tech and social media. Uh, just wait. Um, so these violated uh, the HHS violated religious rights of Christian adoption and foster care agencies. We've heard a couple stories. There have been lawsuits on that. What happens here? Well, for Christians want to adopt, right? Um, so does the LGBTQ. They can't have children naturally, right? They cannot obey God's command to be fruitful and multiply. They cannot obey that instruction in the Bible because they are the same sex. So if they have a same-sex relationship and they want to raise kids, they can't have them on their own, barring any, you know, <laughs> scientific uh, physical manipulation and, and uh, things like that, but they, they can go to adopt now. And now Christian adoption agencies have to, in, in some cases, they have to say, okay, here we go. We've got to let someone that's LGBTQ come in and adopt a child and then raise them in that family. Do you want, seriously, do you want young people today raised in that environment where they don't have both a mother and a father? But that's what, and, and you look in the schools today, there's these books on uh, whatever, Sally has two daddies or Heather has two mommies. We've seen these books being not only in public libraries, but they're actually being used as lesson plans. They're taught in the schools that this is all being normalized. So it's all a setup to this coming movement that's going to take this to the next step. We've said this before on this podcast. Just want to go back and reiterate. How does this all start? Read Romans 1. The rejection of God. They rejected God. They denied the truth. So you have to start your that worldview that we're talking about. It starts with either there is no God or God does not exist or and or God did not create humankind. In other words, he didn't create them male and female. So you have to destroy that basic truth of creation, intelligent design to progress. I should say regress to this kind of worldview that removes God and you can be whatever you know gender you want to be based on emotion, based on your your whatever you want to identify as on that day. So it's got you've got to remove God. Romans one, God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they will do things that ought not be done, and uh, we're seeing that played out, aren't we? Uh, moral relativism. So then you remove God, you remove gender creation, right? God creating them. So you remove God's law, the Ten Commandments, and ethical standards and biblical worldview, and here we are. So with that being said, we're going to jump ahead now to something I talked about in the last segment. The top ten Bible prophecy stories 
Um, these are this is a, an extreme short list. Jan Markell puts these out. Probably at the end of the year, she'll put out another extensive one. But I just want to share with you some of the points very, very short because uh, the year is not over yet. We've got more than a month. Oh, God, help us. <laughs> How many of us just want to say, get me to New Year's Eve and let me say goodbye to 2020? Well, she says, uh, number one, might be uh, the decline of America. This is prophetic. There is really no end time power in the Bible other than a revived Roman Empire from which the Antichrist will headquarter. Thus, prophecy watchers have always known America must decline. We just want, we really didn't want it to be while we were here, right? <laughs> That's the truth. Um, and supporting Israel has a lot to do with whether we are going to decline or whether we're going to remain. And right now, we have a president that supports Israel. Heck, even moved the embassy to Jerusalem. Many presidents have promised that, only one delivered, and that's President Trump. And um, that support of Israel will fall by the wayside. In fact, there's some anti-Semites that are being considered for cabinet positions in the Obama administration. I know that, that doesn't surprise any of you. That doesn't. But that's sad. You've got anti-Semitism now. It's going to be highlighted and great, just great. Yeah, we, so we're not going to be supporting Israel. So um, this year, we have watched capitalism come under attack and socialism and globalism be heralded. Some progressive but deluded political leaders are even hailing Marxism. They're putting up the oppressed against the so-called oppressors, right? And the oppressors mainly is just white males in America. I think that's one of the only groups that can be an oppressor now. So, number two, the rise of lawlessness and anarchy. She says, um, we must, or we see unbridled lawlessness, Matthew 24, parts of Revelation, although the context is bo of both of these is the tribulation. Uh, so, once again, we see tribulation events casting a long shadow on the church age. Here in America, literally, all hell is breaking loose, and our republic and rule of law, and we were just talking about that in the first segment, the rule of law, they're disintegrating right before our eyes, and there's a major political party letting it happen. At the root of this is the spirit of the Antichrist. We had Pastor J.B. Hickson on, was it early this week or last week? And um, you've got to look up his series, Spirit of the Antichrist. I don't know how many parts in that series, but he has some amazing points and insights, all biblically based, of course. But that's the root of this whole thing. Number three in these uh, top ten Bible prophecy stories, and this is just one list, right? Peace efforts in the Middle East. We can debate the practicality of these events, and should America and Europe even intrude on Israel with peace efforts? Nonetheless, they're setting a stage for peace deals proposed by the Antichrist. See, and, and we, she talks a little bit more about that in detail. We're going to just move on, though, because uh, she mentions the year is not over and more peace efforts might take place before the end of the year, as long as Donald Trump is in office. And then, but Jan Markell writes, but I'm reminded of the haunting words in Jeremiah 6.14 that says, saying peace, peace, when there is no peace. Peace. Number four, increasing attacks on Christian, Christians, Christianity, and churches. Wow, guys, have we seen that this year? I mean, just think, I did a video a couple weeks ago over at Freedom Project on the Thanksgiving restrictions that some of these blue state governors had on holiday gatherings that were private in people's homes. Did you hear me? Private gatherings in people's homes. Why? Oh, COVID. So, increasing attacks on Christians' churches. How is this a Bible prophecy story? Well, thanks to COVID-19 and globalism, uh, churches, Christianity in general, became inconveniences in 2020. Churches were either shut down or marginalized starting back in March. Christians in America were harassed and even arrested for wishing to just practice their faith and meet for worship in their church. 
Believers in the Middle East and Africa were slaughtered by the thousands. Jesus said a day was coming when we would be hated for his namesake. Number five, growing apostasy and wolves among the flock. Um, Sound biblical preaching is fading with a rise in the love for experience, emotion, and unsound doctrine. This is even the love of the doctrine of demons that uh, 1 Timothy 4.1 talks about. The NAR, New Apostolic Reformation, continues to surge, led by Bethel Church in Redding, California. A new but very false teaching in both churches and seminaries is the Marxist critical race theory, which we did a program on critical race theory last, I think, two a couple Wednesdays ago, if you want to look that up. At the same time, Bible prophecy has vanished from most pulpits as well as support for Israel. Number six in the uh, top ten list of, uh, short list of Bible prophecy stories of this year, pre-tribulation birth pangs. The worst of the birth pangs are in the tribulation, but we see a foreshadowing of these horrors right now in the church age. Natural disasters are unprecedented globally, which is very interesting because we know God controls the weather, right? Man doesn't control it. The destruction is heart-wrenching to watch, and the suffering unspeakable. This will increase to such a level in the tribulation that what is happening now is minuscule in comparison. But the stage is again being set. All of the earth is groaning. And Romans 1, again, I think it says, I don't remember what verse it says, creation groans with birth pangs. Number seven, we've just got a minute left here. We'll get the rest when we come back. Um, the continued and rapid decline of culture. Everywhere we're seeing now, Isaiah 520, evil is being called good and good is being called evil. Aberration is celebrated. Netflix uh, seemed to honor pedophilia with its cuties feature and film that we talked about a couple months ago. California passed pro-pedophilia legislation removing felony status for sex with minors. And what happens in California doesn't stay in California. Today's character of mankind is outlined in Romans 1 and and 2 Timothy 3. We keep coming back to this. That's the theme for today, lawlessness, the depraved mind. So your homework is to read Romans 1 and 2 Timothy 3, and that's perspective. It's all predicted for the final generation. So we've got... Three left when we come back. We're going through the top 10 Bible prophecy stories of 2020. Plus, we've got thoughts from Dennis Prager for this time. He makes some great points, too, about what's happening in 2020. And a lot more when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. We're going over some uh, Bible prophecy stories of 2020, the short list. This is from Jan Markell. Number eight is the rise of strong delusion. So much delusion arose in 2020, it's incalculable. What thinking person wants all police abolished? Right? Defund the police. This goes back to our first segment. We were talking about that article from John Zmirak and what, what the, you were, they were allowing on their streets. I, I never thought, guys, I really didn't. You know, we, we always want to give people the benefit of the doubt, Christians, conservatives, and any just basic human beings, citizens of this country. We look at those who are in power, governors, mayors, uh, senators, congressmen, presidents, people in power, and we go, okay, Really, I know everybody has an agenda, right? But but usually they are for the best of the people. They're trying to, to at least govern the country, but not anymore. When I saw the police being told to stand down, like we saw in many of these cities across the country, that was a moment where I thought, of course, what did we see after that? Gun sales <laughs> skyrocketed in, in the weeks and months after that. Because they thought, okay, if if there's no public safety, if they're not here to protect me, I'm going to have to protect myself. But what kind of country would we become if that was the norm? So this was just the insanity of defunding the police or getting rid of police departments. But there are some in our nation that 
Again, God gave them up. They're not reasoning. This isn't sound thinking. Certainly isn't the Christian worldview. Uh, or, back to uh, the point that Jen Markell makes about the strong delusion, um, who thinks America is a racist nation as a whole? We've done more. I mean, Christians were the ones that helped abolish slavery, for one, and try to eradicate slavery and racism and everything else and pushed for, you know, a couple hundred years ago, true equality. I'm not talking about equality according to the left and what they mean now by the Equality Act. We're talking about true equal justice for all and, and every man and woman is created in God's image and is equal in his sight. Um, no partiality with God. Christians began that and America took up that banner and just said, yes, this is a nation where we've been given life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and all men are created equal. So she also says, who destroys the economy over a virus? It's happening. It's still happening. That's under the, the umbrella of strong delusion, according to Jan Markell. Or it's today's youth who have not been taught true history, and they, some of them actually think the Holocaust is a myth. We know. We're not making this up, you guys. 2 Thessalonians 2 suggests such a delusion is sent because there is no love of the truth. They don't love the truth anymore. This will then cause people to fall for the lies of the Antichrist. Number nine, a COVID-19 in parentheses, 84, like 1984, <laughs> a COVID-1984 surveillance state worsened this year. Government intrusion. Talk of contact tracing increased. Um, buying and selling. In some cases, you couldn't do it without a mask going into a store. In some cases, you couldn't use cash. You had to use a debit card. They're setting the stage, aren't they? People even had to register for church so they could be traced. I'm not making that up. That was, I think, one of the Thanksgiving dictates from either Michigan's um, emperor or California's emperor. It might have been New York. Um, the goal lines have been moved. The goalposts keep getting pushed further and further and further. So... It makes it harder to score or get to get to where you said you wanted to get to begin with. The goal lines for easing government restrictions, lockdowns, quarantines, and even face masks, masks keeps changing. That's what we're seeing in 2020, right? Oh, now we're talking, well, we're going to push this into 2021. Oh, and then summer of 2021. Oh, and then maybe by fall of 2021. Oh, it depends on the vaccine. Oh, no, we have to do this. We have to, we, No, forget it. Do you think it's ever going to stop with some of them who want to take down America who are pushing globalism. No, clearly, Jan Markell says, society is being prepped for the Antichrist right here in 2020. Around the world, people are being turned into mind-numbed mind robots. Many are cowering in fear. Thank you, media. Number 10, and this is a short list, the longing for a savior. Now, we think of that in a, in a wonderful light because of Jesus, and we're longing for him to return and his promise to take us with him and to be with him where he is. But people want solutions. They want the man, a man with the answer. So they're going to take, whether it's Bill Gates or someone else, some other rich power elite, globalist, Democrat socialist, whatever it might be, if someone has the answers that seem like that will work, for a while we thought it was Fauci, right? <laughs> Dr. Fauci. Oh, my goodness. So the longing for a savior with the world in meltdown mode, millions are looking for just one superhuman man to bring back peace and prosperity. He's waiting in the wings. Most have rejected Jesus Christ, of course, but they will cheer for a short season with the Antichrist. Antichrist. They will cheer. People will say, yes, finally, someone with a plan to bring back peace, to get us back to normal. Friends, we, we saw, I think last week we talked about the fact that uh, there is no more normal. So that's just a short list from Jan Markell. I used to always say normal is just a setting on the dryer. 
And I'm not even sure if dryers have normal anymore, normal heat settings or normal settings. Um, okay, we just got like six minutes left or so, and uh, just wanted to go over this uh, a couple points that Dennis Prager made. Um, so much to say, but he simply offered a couple thoughts on the state of the country after the 2020 elections, and he calls it thoughts in a dark time. <clears throat> he said, while I'm not certain the reported election results are dishonest, I suspect they are. Isn't that a, boy, that's a great way of putting it. Though I'm not certain the reported election results are dishonest, I suspect they are. Because so many people take a hard left or a hard right, they, it's, it's all voter fraud or there's absolutely no voter fraud, no collusion. You, man would never cheat in elections. And then there's some say, there, there's voter fraud in every election. Well, Prager, I think, hits a good balance there. But he does say this is unprecedented in American history. This is precisely what half of the American electorate felt in, in 2000 when many Democrats rejected the Supreme Court decision uh, regarding Florida's ballot counting. But that was entirely different, he said. No one alleged widespread Republican fraud in the election of George W. Bush. That wasn't alleged. The issue in that extremely close election involved a faulty voting system that resulted in hand recounts using differing ballot counting standards from one jurisdiction to the next. Liberal justices joined the 7-2 to two vote in ruling for Bush that the recounts could not constitutionally go forward. Therefore, the fact that nearly half the country is far from certain that Joe Biden was honestly elected, this is an unprecedented time. And half this country believes with good reason that if Democratic Party officials believe they can get away with cheating, they will do so, as they have done so in the past. Aside from the Democrats having a history of ballot manipulation, there is even more compelling reason to believe Democrats would cheat. For four years, Prager writes, they've been telling the nation and telling one another that President Donald Trump is a dictator, a fascist, a white supremacist. Therefore, if a leftist considers himself a moral individual and works in tabulating election results, and he can help prevent the re-election of a white supremacist fascist dictator, wouldn't he do so and think he's doing something moral? Wouldn't he be obligated to do so because of his worldview? Do you understand that? Um, bearing false witness, that's one of the Ten Commandments. Lies. Who's the father of lies? Satan. But if you don't have a Christian worldview, if you don't abide by the truth of Scripture or the Ten Commandments, you will lie to get whatever you want time and time again throughout your life. Uh, why do we, again, we always want to give people the benefit of the doubt, we as Christians, but we have to wake up and understand people will lie to get to reach their ends. Number two, he said, for four years, the mainstream uh, print and electronic media waged daily, <laughs> indeed hourly, vicious attacks on Trump as a human being. Rarely did they attack his policies since, and I agree here 100%, they were so beneficial to America. Some of the greatest economic figures in memory and the lowest black unemployment rate ever recorded and to the world a major weakening of Iran and a major strengthening of Israel. Worse, the media and the Democrat Party immersed the country in a three-year lie about Trump campaign collusion with Russia. Who's held accountable now? We know that was a lie. We know there was no collusion. Who is held accountable? We're just going to let that go? Yet, over 72 million Americans still voted for Donald Trump. The Democrats lost seats in the House. I think it was between 10 and 12 seats. They will probably, possibly not gain control of the Senate, despite the larger number of Republican incumbents who were up for re-election. That should tell you something. America's watched Democratic governors and mayors do nothing as left-wing thugs burn their cities. And then they watch Democratic mayors and city councils 
defund their police departments. That's, that's one reason the Democrats fared so badly. If Trump was that bad, as the media said, the election shouldn't have even been close. Biden should have won in a landslide, but that didn't happen. But they don't care. Um, there are several more points, and I only have like a minute left, minute and a half. Um, but he said the mainstream media is now perceived as fraudulent by a vast majority of Americans. This is a problem. This has never been the case in, in this country. But that's we can't trust the media anymore. I call them the liberal media or the uh, liberal media activists or the Democrat media because we no longer have a free Republican when there's a one-party media system in America. We don't. We have to be careful, friends. Uh, another thing that Prager says, despite four years of being accused of racism and xenophobia, Trump increased his black and Latino vote. How could that happen if the Democrat and liberal media accusations were true? How could that happen? How could he get more blacks and Latinos, minorities, to vote for him? It's a head-scratcher, right? No, we know, we know the truth. And then he says this, and this is interesting. I'll close with this. Uh, liberals once loved America. The left loathes America. The Democrat Party, many, many, many decades ago, was once liberal. It is now leftist. And the left, everywhere in the world, suppresses dissent wherever it takes over. From Lenin to the modern American university to Twitter and the rest of big tech. That's just, we didn't even get through about half of those points. That's from Dennis Prager, Thoughts in a Dark Time. Hopefully we reinforce some points that we've made before. What does this mean for us as Christians? What did Jesus say? Watch and pray. But I think we have to watch actively now and not stay at home behind closed doors. This is not a time to wave the white flag, friends. We've got more coming up on Stand Up For The Truth. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. All right. I uh, keep thinking this is Monday, but it's not. It's Friday because we were off yesterday. Thank you, Jesus, for days off and Thanksgiving. Um, where am I? Uh, I was looking at November. Let's move over to December. Monday, Dr. Duke Pesta is in the house. I'm, I'm not sure if he'll be in studio uh, or on the phone, but we'll be talking to him about education in America from K through 12 all the way through the university system. Uh, next Tuesday, I've got Pastor Dan Fisher from Bringing Back the Black-Robed Regiment. He's a pastor in Edmond, Oklahoma, Fairview Baptist Church. He'll be with us Tuesday. Wednesday, you will hear from Carl Teichrib, one of my favorite Canadians. Thursday, Dr. Bruce Baker, who was diagnosed with a terminal illness um, about a year or so ago, year or two maybe, and he every now and then he sends me a note. Uh, I'm, still, I'm still live and kicking if you want to do another podcast, so we're going to get that perspective check with Dr. Bruce Baker, who is on hospice and uh, very close to the end, but uh, he's going to have the victory soon. And then next Friday, a brand new book on uh, the Antichrist. Interesting. Um, Steve Wolberg, he's an author. We'll interview him. Carl Gallups, J.B. Hickson, Steve Smotherman the following week. A lot of great guests in December. Can you believe it? We're at the end of November already. Thank you guys so much again, as always, for your prayers. God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.